Kiora, and welcome to another edition of the GeoDorable podcast with your hosts Chris Morris and Mark Thompson. For more information on this episode, visit the GeoDorable page on Facebook. Hello there, Chris. Hey, Mark, how are you doing on this? Uh, what is it? What day is it today? Thursday. Thursday evening. I'm a little bit poorly, fighting off a, uh, a cold. A cold. But it is, well, right. it is the season over here, isn't it? We're kind of moving into that kind of wet and cold weather. Yeah, yeah, all the family's sick with it, so it's no surprise. How about you? Yeah, I was flying back from, well, I was flying back from um, Christchurch uh, this evening. Uh, As you do? Jet setter, yeah, well, jet setter that I am. Hey, How and it was really good to see. How are those CC3s that are New Zealand, in New Zealand's got now? <laughs> <laughs> Much better than the Sopworth camels I used to have. <laughs> Much better, or warmer, um, and you can see the uh, you can see the snow on the mountains. It's quite exciting. <laughs> well, it helps mm. if you, um, yeah, without the roof. Well, you're, you're only blowing a, yeah, yeah, you're only flying a few thousand feet above the snow, <laughs> so you know. Yeah. Oh, we love Air New Zealand. Come on. Sure. <laughs> well, okay, I do. I fly with them all the time, like well, constantly. Yeah, they give you air points. That's why. Anyway. Um, yeah. Sorry. The. <laughs> what else have we been busy doing, Chris? Uh, we've been I'm busy lining up. Way. Well, yeah, we've been busy busy lining up um, fabulous uh, people to interview. Yeah, a variety of people. Um, yeah. I, th- I think we're well famed for our variety of people. Anyway, um, but this keeps the variety coming. Uh, yeah, yeah, so I'm quite excited re- actually. Yeah, we're not going to reveal who who is yet, but. We'll just keep people all hanging on, you know, yeah. asking for more. <laughs> anyway, sure. Mark, um, people have kind of got two minutes into this podcast, and some people might have no idea what it's about. So, um, what is it about? Well, it's about everything, everything, absolutely everything. Uh, geospatial, GIS, geography, map-related, technology. Um, it's the number one podcast in the world, Chris. Oh, for, for geospatial things based in New Zealand, then, Mark? Yes. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so it's a fantastic podcast. Listen to around the world. Uh, all over the place, actually. I've been uh, following some of our stats. Quite impressive stuff, Mark. <laughs> well done, Chris. Well, we launched our new, uh, our new website uh, last in last, yes, we did. Uh, last podcast, what, last what episode. What would be the URL of that website, Chris? Hey, geodurable.com. Oh, good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can yep. go there and you can see all our old, uh, or listen to all our past episodes. Um, yeah, some see what they're f- about. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, you can follow us on Twitter, which is That's my true. Geodorable, and uh, we're on Facebook, which is facebook.com Geodorable, and you can just email us the old-fashioned way. Yeah, indeed, uh, which is uh, geodorable at gmail.com. It is. Um, and the other thing we like to do on this podcast, Chris, is What, is a disclaimer? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, that the things we say on this podcast are... Um, <laughs> Well, our own opinions are often said in satirical uh, context. Um, I think satirical is a way of saying we're trying to be funny. Yeah, <laughs> trying, sometimes exceeding. Um, of, I often laughed at, my, at myself much more than I'm sure other people do. Yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, they have nothing to do with anyone else or anyone we work for or work with. Enough said, Mark. Shall we get on with the news? Yeah. Spatial News. Oh, exciting news, Chris. Oh, go on, go for it. So exciting. 
ArcGIS Online just has a new release. Do you know what? The trouble with these new releases um, is that they're, they're becoming so frequently. You know what I mean? The, the right. excitement just doesn't have time to build before you get a new one. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what you, you pay the money for. Oh, I guess it's, it's also, I get, you know, the, the huge benefit for a software as a service yeah, application, right? Or suite well, of applications. It's a benefit, but also a risk. I know um, we keep evaluating the risks involved of being con- continually upgraded. Oh, yeah. Um, online but anyway enough of the downside let's talk about the good hey well so it's it's a pretty big update i think um quite a focus on kind of user interface that kind of thing so trying to make the ui a little bit more user friendly uh, allowing you to get to your data uh, more easily um, yeah i mean i must say it's all incremental sure um, i mean maybe it's not all incremental but you know 3d there's a new um there's a new measure tool yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and there's a few other things in 3D as well. well, well yeah, but the biggest thing about 3D is it now runs off your phone, right? A phone or your tablet, which is pretty impressive. So you can now kind of, you know, stream in your point cloud onto your mobile phone. That's pretty smart. I'd, yeah, I would like to point out that Esri weren't the first to do this, but it's good that yeah, Esri fair, are doing fair it. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, insights, we love a bit of insights. We've got some new tools, regression analysts, etc. Uh, more data in the living atlas more kind of spatial analytic tools yeah um, um, but instead of us just reading through it why don't you get online and see what's changed in your ArcGIS online experience wow that was said kind of very professionally Mark very professionally anyway moving on (laughs) let's move on then (laughs) spatial news I'm slightly worried people new to this com- podcast will think they just compliment each other a lot. No, I was just surprised by your the the, uh, the tone and the, uh, the the way you said it. Anyway, anyway. enough said. Um, so keeping uh, with the Esri family, um, so there's been the uh, Esri Partner Conference, there's been the Dev Summit, uh, and there's been the, um, I think it's Esri Federal GIS Conference as well in Washington. Yeah, there has, um, and there's another one coming up as well. Um so, Esri have released, what do you call it, four common questions? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Well, they must be common because they've said they're common. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah, they're, they're, I mean, I don't know. They're fairly simple. Well, they're four, well I guess the four common questions about ArcGIS Enterprise. Okay, so it's you know, ArcGIS Enterprise yeah. versus traditional stack that you might have been using for, for quite a while. Yeah, and I'd um, say that if you were... If you were moving from a, a traditional desktop only and, and not really a geodatabase or maybe one central geodatabase but not really enterprise level, mm-hmm. um, then these questions would be common to you. Yeah, I actually think um, the uh, the level of detail they go into, yeah, they, they, they try and answer those questions pretty well, I think. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Sure, what should I go into Well, so, yeah, what were they? They were. Um, yeah, so first one. I want to know more about how, what value portal. Actually, I got asked this today, but um, <laughs> there you go. Just point them at this uh, this web page article. Um, why should I adopt a full stack ArcGIS Enterprise? Because it's really good, and otherwise your enterprise isn't really enterprise without it. <laughs> Esri don't uh, quite say that. 
What tools does Esri have to automate my ArcGIS Enterprise installation? Oh, I'm, I'm glad you asked that question, Chris. Oh, oh, good. Uh, we have, they have many, we have, I don't work for Esri. They have many types of uh, deployments, including some um, on cl cloud building. Mm -hmm. um, and they've also got the new cookbook. Um, oh, Chef, sorry. Yeah, Chef. Yep. Um, to do it, which will get better and easier to understand. Uh, okay, moving on. Does uh, does ArcGIS Data Store replace or supersede my enterprise geodatabase? It's a good question, actually, and I've had this one as well. Really? Yeah. Okay. Have you not? No. No, okay. I've never come across that because their data store is not really an enterprise database. Well, that's probably why the answer is no. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, and also, Data Store is, as far as I can remember, may correct me, Chris, uh, it is not distributed. Uh, you, can't, you can't cluster it. Oh, good question. Don't know off the top of my head, got to be said. I believe that's true. Um, okay. But anyway, so it's not good for failover. Anyway. Uh, and uh, final question is, how do I get started with a distributed uh, collaboration to share, edit my content from my enterprise deployments with ArcGIS Online, i.e., how do I share enterprise portal with ArcGIS Online? Okay. Um, you just follow the wizard? Uh, easily is the answer there, Mark. Easily. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, and there's a nice little video of actually uh, how that's done. Um, yes. Uh, just jumping to the fashion of wear, if you are watching this little uh, video, really like the, uh, the, what would you call it, the blazer um, that the uh, young lady is wearing. The peach there. I'd say fuchsia pink, but hey. Fuchsia pink. Yeah. The fashion of wear. Um, <laughs> yeah, look out for that on Twitter. Uh, so, yeah, uh, four so questions. Up on that. It, yeah, it's probably just answers. worth reading it to um, yeah, familiarise familiarize yourself with the Esri stack a bit more. Yeah, totally. Talking about the enterprise. Yeah. Spatial news. Now, this is something close to your heart, Chris. Uh, it is, actually, um, for a number of reasons. Um, so, so a couple of links here all tied in together. So, firstly, um, if you like podcasts, and hey, you're listening to this one, so you know a good podcast when you hear one, <coughs> um, there's a fantastic podcast out there called 99% uh, Invisible, right? And it's, it's about uh, mostly about well, design. Yeah. Yep. But the particular episode that uh, we're recommending you listen to is episode 299, so only a few more episodes than we've done, uh, yeah. and it's all about gerrymandering. Um, and and they don't actually pay us any money to support them, so... No, no, um, job. It's, it's, just, it's just a good podcast. You should listen to it. Anyway. Um, anyway, they're talking about gerrymandering, and if you're outside of the US, you may not be familiar with that term. Uh, true. Um, but if you like a bit of politics and a little bit of GIS, then uh, listening to oh, and reading about the gerrymandering project. Now, gerrymandering, Chris, mm -hmm. is uh, it's the uh, <laughs> it's the art of altering political boundaries to uh, change the voting population in the favour of <laughs> one or more political parties. <laughs> I, I think you'll find, Chris, that that's not quite the definition. It was close <laughs> enough. That's what it's become. Uh, but it's how electoral districts are drawn to, uh, that helps determine what vote counts for whom. Pretty sure that's what I said. Uh, well, so what you said was that they have been used because whoever is in power gets to set the boundaries. And so they can skew their boundary to be part of the... Um, to well, basically to ensure they stay in power. Mm-hmm. 
Um, which is interesting because once they lose power, because they usually lose it to the other side, um, you'd thought maybe I don't need to change the boundary anymore from the new guy. But anyway, um, but this is a system in the US. It's 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 just worth a read. I wouldn't say it's a system, right? So gerrymandering's done everywhere. I remember being I used to work for a London council. Won't say which one. Uh, and um, <laughs> I think you have on previous podcasts. Yeah, I probably have. But anyway, uh, you know, there we had the uh, three political parties of the UK. So it's the Conservatives, Labour, and uh, what was and the <laughs> what was the Lib Dems in uh, right. at the time? Uh, <laughs> they each came in and and asked me as a GIS analyst to move boundaries to see what effect they had on the voting population. Yes, yeah, so, but that's that's different from gerrymandering in the sense that you weren't actually doing it on their request; you were doing it as an analyst. No, I was and, doing it on their request. They no, were requesting me to do it. You weren't changing the boundary. You're doing analysis. Okay, scenarios. I was doing analysis. You're correct. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway. So, Anyway. It's an awesome podcast, uh, and if you want to know more about gerrymandering, the podcast actually uh, refers to uh, another organisation, oh, yeah, another kind of organisation called 538, who actually have done a whole series on uh, gerrymandering in the US, in the US particularly. But uh, we'll put links up to the, to, uh, to both of these uh, on the website. Um, but yeah, 99% Invisible, awesome podcast. You should just listen to it because it's good. <laughs> After you've listened to ours. Yeah, of course. Spatial news. Now, Chris, you just mentioned the Great Britain, mm-hmm. United Kingdom, Old Blighty, etc. And mm-hmm. what they're famous for is uh, BBC. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Um, and BBC, you know, it's uh, well known. Um, it's the British Broadcasting Corporation. That's right. Um, and that you might all be also be familiar with another program that's made the BBC even more famous than its BBC World News mm-hmm. or Blue Planet, uh, and that is Top Gear. Everybody knows Top Gear. You can't. I mean, it's one of the most popular. Well, it was anyway one of the most popular TV shows in the world ever. I think. I, th- I think so, and the fact they couldn't go anywhere in the world without being recognised. Yep. Um, pays tribute to that but well before Clarkson May and Hammond when Top Gear was actually a car about or a program about cars yeah not just car enthusiasts going wow mm-hmm. um, anyway way back in 1986 they did an article on GPS navigation systems uh, they did yeah um, and this is I just love this video it's just so it's, it's basically thing. from the BBC archive <laughs> yeah on Facebook yeah um and the guy has a full-on computer in there. Uh, it's 86, so is that a C64 type thing? And it's by, owned by Philips, not by Commodore. But um, anyway, anyway he's, got, he's got a full-on computer. He's even got a, a, a colour monitor, a big old LCD thing. In a van, because it wouldn't fit in a yeah, normal Sorry, car. not LCD. Um, CRT. <laughs> yeah, full-on computer, and uh, it is doing GPS navigation. It's telling him where to go, and it's, it's actually pretty impressive for the time, eh? Well, he talks about future enhancements being traffic, yeah, um, and the ability to um, kind of talk to each other. Yeah, and I thought, wow, that's actually pretty far-reaching because we've only just got there, really. You know, it's the last yep. ten years, yeah, where we've got you know that. Um, cars talking to each other about traffic and and we're and still things. not anywhere near 100 percent on that you know still a long yeah. way to go yeah um but the funny funniest thing so he's talking about these future innovations 
and then he goes and we've got these fantastic things called compact discs um and i think they're what single-sided compact discs um mm-hmm. and i can't did compact discs always 740 meg mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah so and then he's pulling out different countries because he's in europe and he can pull out oh here's germany's compact disc and here's holland's or netherlands compact disc (laughs) what's hilarious about that is we're going to have some listeners who have completely missed the whole compact disc thing as well well yes but it's the fact that he's talking about the future and limiting himself to the size of a compact disc so basically you could have something the size of your thumbnail that contained the whole world yeah and you're like really Yes. Anyway, so anyway. it's uh, if you like Top Gear, which hey, everybody does, this is well, a well worth looking at. Kind of, you know, <laughs> looking back into the archives and looking at, you know, GPS and satellite navigation and uh, um, beards. Actually, he's kind of got that hipster beard thing going. Anyway, yeah, and, and the leather jacket, the light light, t- light brown leather jacket, and so much is fantastic about this video. You should watch it. Yep. Spatial news. Now, one of the things, Chris, that's happening next week, mm-hmm. and is to do with our um, future guests. It's the uh, Carto Locations Conference uh, in Madrid. Yeah, well, it's Madrid and New York. Oh, yeah, yeah, New York as well. Yeah, and well, shout out to Carto, we got invited. Yeah, that was nice well, of them, wasn't it? It was. <laughs> it wasn't quite tickets. Um, well, it was admission tickets, which is great. Um, and, Unfortunately, and if, not the flights. But you know, no. hey, <laughs> all the accommodation. Um, but if we were in Madrid or New York, New York, we would be there at the time. Uh, just you know. Anyway, it's not. It's nice for them to reach out. It really, is nice. Um, yeah. And so, uh, yeah. So the conference, they've got some uh, great speakers, um, and yeah. this is a great article all about. Um, what they call it six of the best kind of well, six uh, six industry leaders, I should say. Um, talking about yeah. the state of location intelligence, and Carto are kind of taking are starting in a different place, mm-hmm. um, and and that they've they've kind of been haven't really been a traditional GIS company, and they're continuing not to be a traditional GIS company, but they're sort of playing in that uh, like online GIS space. Yep. Um, so yeah, definitely one to watch. Definitely something to look out for. Um, I'm sure we'll be bringing you updates of the Carto news. Yeah, totally. Hey, um, if you go to the conference, drop us a line. We'd love to hear uh, what you thought of it. Yeah, and also I'd love to know about the fashion at the Cardo conference. <laughs> fashion of wear. Yeah, hmm. that'd be great. Um, keeping with uh, Cardo, uh, they also put out an interesting blog around 50 must, uh, must-follow <laughs> Twitter accounts for geospatial data science and visualisation. Yeah, I'm not quite sure. It does remind me a little bit of BuzzFeed. Okay. Uh, you know, um, mm-hmm. you just have to do this or five life hacks that will, I don't know. Yeah, but those life hacks are awesome, right? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Watch some mental floss and find out if they actually work. Um, but so was there, were there any of this 50 that kind of uh, jumped out and uh, caught your eye? No. Okay. How about you? Oh, Kenneth Field. Oh, yeah, Kenneth Field. We uh, do enjoy uh, yeah. his stuff, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, this, uh, I suppose if you're looking to find out more about the industry. Yep. Um, with GIS in general. And, uh, and they are, do make it data science um, and visualization. So if you're looking for a bit of inspiration about getting open data out there or data analysis, 
um, <laughs> then yeah, there's 50 people who might be worth it investigating. Spatial news. Now, Chris. Mark. Um, we often claim independence on this uh, podcast. Uh, all the time. Uh, and that's quite true. We are completely independent. One of those reasons is because we have no sponsors, but we're hanging out for DGI. Yeah, I mean, um, so we, we, we often talk about DGI. Both, both, yeah, often talk about DGI. Um, yeah. But. And, uh, well, well, you know, it's even better where we can link DGI to stories about GIS and location yeah. analytics. In the hope that they give us a drone. Yeah, I mean. Um, I, and. They've got a, a new app for DJI Go users using Mapbox, etc. Looks quite interesting. But what we really like is the Maverick Air or Mavic Air from DJI. It looks it looks fantastic, fantastic eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Basically, I don't know. We're plugging DJI because we want one. And I'm sure they uh, they listen to the podcast. We've talked about them enough. Yeah. Um, send us an email, DJI. Um, <laughs> or I just remember that wonderful care. story about uh, delivery of burritos in Australia. Yes, I bet they use DJI drones. Sure, don't know if it's I've, true or not. Don't care. <laughs> I've heard uh, DJI drones are fantastic. So, uh, moving on. Moving on. Spatial news from kind of one bit of technology to another um, in tenuous link time. Um, so, <laughs> well, talking well, about the UK. Yeah, kind of. So you know the Ordnance Survey, right? I do know the Ordnance Survey. I've um, worked with them in the UK and also met with them in Singapore. Of course, as, as you would. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think this is actually really interesting. So the Ordnance Survey announced uh, sometime last week, I think it was, they're launching four new off-road OS GPS navigation devices for walking, hiking and off-road cycling. Yeah. Um, and this is interesting because I would have thought there was enough devices out there. So would I. And, and I do think it's really interesting that they've chosen to go, on, go down that device route and actually, um, you know, go to the time and expense of building, you know, uh, or, you know, building these uh, devices just to show Ordnance Survey maps on them. Well, they are better than the phone GPS systems, I believe. Uh, well, you know, horses for courses, right? Um, they they probably are more rugged than your mobile phone and so forth, and they probably have longer battery battery life and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But would you would you specifically go out and buy an ordnance survey device, or would you just kind of like um, go with like a Garmin or something generic and load ordnance survey maps onto it? I would probably get, not even do that. I would probably just use internet or open um, open street map. Yeah, but difficult um, to do if you're halfway up a mountain, right? Well, only because you're the first one up there and haven't shared your data, Chris. Yeah. Mm. Um, but the other thing is that it's available in 1 to 50k and 1 to 25k scale maps. Mm-hmm. I haven't used 1 to 25 scale in decades. Um, you know, like you use it occasionally, but you're mostly zoomed in at street level and that sort of thing. Yeah, but this is for, this is for this isn't for your kind of navigation to work, right? This is when you're well, sure you're out adventuring. The, yeah, or, rambling. Sorry, rambling. That's the word, isn't it? Yep. <laughs> There's some other words in, in UK English that have to do with the outdoors that we won't use. Okay. I'm now frantically trying to think what they are. Involving animals. Um, 
even less clear. Anyway. Right. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, it's interesting that OS, who are a map company, a map company, map division of part of government, mm-hmm. um, have released their own device. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Do you think it's going to work? No. Now, OS has, has kind of done a few of these things where it goes off and launches, you know, new new idea. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but I know. Good on. I actually would like to hear from them because we've been wrong before. No, no, we haven't. Okay, I was wrong once. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. You've never been wrong. Yeah, try not to be. <laughs> but yeah, so that's interesting. Um, a, a government department putting out an app. Oh, not a nap, sorry, a d- device. Mm. Um, that doesn't even do phone, Chris, or text message. I know, weird. Anyway, anyway, right. yeah, I'm going to follow that with interest. Actually, um, next time I go back to the uh, the UK, yeah, no idea when, but uh, yeah. I'll be actually keen to see what they actually look like, how easy they are to use. But um, oh, so yeah. how many they sell? Yeah, keep an eye on for this. Yeah. So, Mark, that was uh, that was the news uh, for this episode. Um, it was more news next episode. So the other highlight of this podcast, one of the highlights, three highlights in the Spanish Inquisition, mm-hmm. is the um, is the topic of the week. Topic of the week. And the topic of the week is a place where we just talk about, I don't know, general concept. We do interviews. Yeah, we try and find something interesting to talk about, something that's uh, uh, yeah a little bit more interesting than 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 the average. If you know what I mean? Yeah, um, and this this podcast we've got a doozy. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree actually. Um, and it's it's under many names. I think my favourite is geo slavery. <laughs> Do you want to explain more, Mark? Well. We picked up on some articles about geospatial justice and why is it needed. And that's where this concept of geoslavery comes in. And it also lines up brilliantly with what's happening with uh, Cambridge Analytica and Facebook. Yeah, so unless you've been uh, sleeping under a rock, you can't hope really uh, but notice that Facebook uh, are struggling a tiny bit at the moment. Well, no, if you're only reading Facebook, I think you'll you'll be quite... Ignorant of what's going on, possibly, but I suspect our listeners are a little bit um, uh, more more diverse in their news reading habits. Yeah. Anyway, let's start with this, um, this the uh, this geospatial justice. So, what is it? Well, so geospatial justice or geoslavery, it goes back to an article that was written back in uh, 2003 uh, by a couple of academics. Um, uh, Jerome E. Dobson and Peter F. Fisher, uh, <laughs> who uh, wrote a, uh, an article called, entitled "Geoslavery." Um, now, if you can imagine, this is this is back in 2003. Um, it was a long time ago. It was quite a long time ago. But basically, uh, the uh, the main thrust of the article was that location-based services have the uh, the they can be good as well as bad, okay? So, you know, they can help us out, but actually well, they could also be used for um, uh, in, in quite uh, detrimental ways. Uh, and they describe this kind of concept of geoslavery where all you basically do is you hook up your uh, 
your slave with a transponder and um, GPS uh, device and some form of uh, what do you call it? Some form of collar that inflicts some form of physical uh, well, that's, pain. That's the geoslavery. So the the geospatial justice is is on the on the back of Big Brother is watching you. Um, which isn't a new concept, and it's been in films and television, Logan's Run, Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just pointing out that as what wasn't really back then was the prevalence of GPS. Um, and in the early 2000s, GPS really became commodity. Yep. It was no longer, um, you know, I remember my first job, we had this handheld GPS that was a bit like a brick. Mm-hmm. And it was it was adequate. It wasn't great. Um, and then I can't remember when the um, the US turned off their their what you call it scrambling of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but what have you? But anyway, so yeah, the ability for devices to track you all the time. Geoslavery is the ability for you to be contained by a geofence and also be punished. Um, so if you like like the tracking devices on uh, criminals. Um, but instead of just sending out a warning alarm, they actually give the person a shock. Which is, you can kind of get dog collars that do that for dogs, or you know, if they. <laughs> you, you well, I'm just saying, you know, it, it, yeah. like the technology uh, already exists, you know, for for controlling of of animals. And I think, you know, in their paper, they were going a little bit further and say, hey, the same technology and so forth could be used for controlling of people, right? Mm. But the, uh, that was one aspect. That's the geoslavery. The other one of geojustice is the ability for technology to be persuasive. Mm-hmm. And this is where Facebook and Cambridge Analytica crop up, right? Yeah. So on a general level, pers- there's the computers. You've got the environments, apps, games, um, virtual reality, all those sort of things. Um, and they, because they're personal technology, they can do behavioral change attitude change motivation uh, it's easy to motivate kids with technology mm-hmm. <laughs> change in worldview and compliance um, they haven't got non-compliance there which i suppose is a given but um but yeah so saying using these apps and getting a view on someone else's world gives you uh, allows them to modify your behavior or persuade you and yeah that's kind of true Oh, totally. Um, but I don't think you just need technology to do that. Well, no, I, I guess I guess the part of the thrust of the article was that it was our responsibility as you know part of the the kind of the, the spatial industry to prevent you know location based services being used in that way. And I think what we've seen yeah. is that really hasn't happened. <laughs> well, I think we've. Well, if that was what we meant to do as the industry, I think we've failed. Well, I, th- I think uh, it gets back to spatially special, right? Is it? You know, what? Well, no, no. I mean, the, the argument has in the past always been that spatial is in some way special, right? You know, and yeah. therefore our industry should have done something about it because spatial is special, and we have to respond in a particular way. But uh, I think what we've, you know what what uh, history has shown is that spatial isn't special in this regard and it's just been a case of you know location is just treated in any other way uh, as other data sets um yeah. you know age sex gen um uh yeah marital status and so forth it's just another 
Yep, like biometrics and like um, uh, artificial intelligence, etc. <laughs> so yeah. I don't think our industry has particularly, you know, gone out there and done anything to protect people from the use of, of location-based well, services just for either. It's just ge- another form of information. It, it is, and I think you know the the tenure of the the uh, the paper was about you know that we should have done something or we should do something to to protect us. Um, yes, protect us from geoslavery. And you could this, argue. So just you, as an aside, there is geoslavery the same as the slavery? I don't know because that's possibly something you've just made up. All right, the slavery. Everyone knows what a digislave is. And the vivid of death, or the sharpie of death. Anyway. Mm. Right. Mm. <laughs> On that aside. Anyway, so but I, th- I think what we found is that us as an industry, we didn't stand up and say anything, particularly. Um, and now, you know, has that resulted directly in what we're seeing from Facebook? Yeah. Um, and so no, the freedom to make decisions must not be compromised. Citizens cannot be treated as passive beneficiaries, but must become active participants. And this brings us on to Facebook. Mm. Um, because, and Cambridge Analytica, and what's going on there, and even Google, and even the right to be forgotten. Mm-hmm. And that with all this interaction, social media, etc., that's going on, use of the internet, we are being tracked. Oh, totally. And this is a good thing, because it, it gives you great deals on bicycles if you happen to search Google too many times for bicycles. <laughs> I do wish there was a way to tell Google that I've brought a bike and I'm fine, thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm looking for lawnmowers. I've now bought a lawnmower. I don't need any more information about yeah, lawnmowers. Yeah, you know? please stop. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, it does some other great things. But what, what have we learned from Cambridge Analytica Facebook? Well, a couple of things. I think there's there's one, you know, hey, I've been using Android for, you know, 10 years or whatever it is, and they have way more information and then, you know. Yeah, they know where you've been. Yeah, but, but you know, Facebook. And they know who you've been with. But Facebook also knows that in terms of, you know, every time you log on, I suspect they're, you know, they're, they're finding out where you're logging on oh, from, yeah. right? Yep. But the difference being click, that with... I don't particularly care, rightly or wrongly, about what Google's been up to. Really? Well, not in the same way. I think, you know, Facebook has been, you know, um, put in front of the media. It's It's been, um, you know, who's it, Mark Zuckerberg has had to stand, you know, or, you know, face up to Congress. Yeah. Um, and you know, been fairly funny. Well, yeah, it has been a little bit amusing. <laughs> um, but, you know, you're not, you're not, you're not kind of seeing that in the same way with the other... I don't know, perhaps they just keep their head down better. I, th- I think they keep their head down better. I th- part of it's personality, because mm-hmm. Facebook was set up to um, basically rate women at the university, right? Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, well, yeah, so that, I mean, that, that's probably a, a massive generalisation. Mm. Um, and other, other visions of the truth are probably more correct. Um, but that's how it started, right? In that it was set up, Zuckerberg used it for a social advantage. Yep. Um, and then he could commercialise it. And now he's continuing to commercialise it. So it's not outside of their playbook. What they've done, I think what it's got clever is not what Facebook have done, but what Cambridge Analytica did. 
um, and that is getting people to fill out information about themselves. Well, that wasn't Cambridge Analytica. Ah, okay, right. So, 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 so that was uh, that was the um, the dude, and I sorry, I can't remember his name off the top o- of my head. Yes, A-O-G-A-N. that was the, yeah. So, well, yeah, Alexandra Kogan. So uh, he was a uh, psychologist. Yes, he was an academic anyway, um, and he developed a little application that went out and found information about you, um, and, and he was using, and this is, this is the interesting thing, Facebook were encouraging developers to develop apps, right? Yes. So he wasn't doing anything outside of, of kind of what they're encouraging, but what uh, what his app did again, which was, was within the rooms up until about 2014, was... It could go and f- talk to you, you know, would find out about you, and then it would then go and find out about your friends. Yes. And so it, it meant that it could, you know, capture information on a much, you know, wider uh, range of people than, than, you know, you might have thought. Now, that was, uh, was uh, Facebook banned that kind of getting to your friends data in, I think it was back 2014. <laughs> um, yeah, not that recently. <laughs> no, no, no. But by which time the guy had sucked down 50 million records, right? Yes. And then, as I understand it, he then sold that information wrongly uh, to Cambridge Analytica. Yep. Who then used it, well, depending on who you read, uh, (laughs) who then used it to, uh, you know, um, help target Trump supporters. Yeah. But trying to stay away from the (laughs) T word. Yep. And, And back to GIS. Um, that this data is out there. So what should you do, Chris? Well, it's interesting, actually. So what I did, I mean, so you're going to get people who care, right? Well, uh, yes, this is and it. And you also get people who don't care. And I think there's a real generational thing here between the people who don't necessarily care about their 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 personal information because, hey, they put it in Instagram and they put it on Facebook and yeah. you know, Twitter it and all this kind of stuff. Um, and those that do care a little bit more. So I don't generally use Facebook at all for anything other than our podcast. <laughs> um, and so I've kind of gone into uh, settings. And I did this the other day, actually. I, I, um, I followed an article that was kind of going, if you don't want you know, Facebook to know too much about you, or you know, this is what you do. So I went through all my Facebook settings and I changed them. Right? But yeah. um, if, you, if you don't kind of care... And I'm not quite sure where I why I do care because I don't well, use Facebook. Yeah, this is this 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 comes down to the internet is an open place, but the tools you use to get on the internet aren't actually open. Mm. Um, and so, if you actually cared, you'd be off the social media and using tools on the internet and location-based tools that weren't tracking you and you knew they weren't tracking you because you knew enough to know they weren't tracking you if you care right yeah if you care but but this is taking i mean you know the caring part is if you if you see it as a negative right whereas you well, can see it as a positive right i've i've had instances where google has said hey you need to leave now for this meeting because otherwise you're going to be late <laughs> you know that's a real benefit right yeah they often and tell I don't, me that I know, and I'm like yeah whatever and I don't, I don't seem to, for for whatever reason, I 
am okay with that, but I'm not okay with Facebook. And I think this is partly down to, as we yes. said before, you know, the, the, the media playing their part in the story. Because um, interesting enough, Facebook don't sell data. No. They sell basically advertising space, but they can get you to target. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's geo-slavery, geo-justice. And, and it's one of those things, that you could say they've just slapped geo in front of the word. Oh, we love a bit of that anyway. Um, and you'd basically say, you know, digital slavery, which is different from a digi-slave. Well, I, um, think, I think it gets back to the point of whether spatial is special. Is knowing about location more important than knowing about your marital status, for example? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you can I, go answer it. I would actually say it kind of is, because where spatial is special is it enables to give you relationships that aren't based on attributes. So getting back to the start of the story, which was to do with the paper in 2003... On, on geoslavery, I think, you know, that, that paper said, hey, we as an industry should stand up and do something about this. And as an industry, it's we kind of late. stood up and didn't do anything about it. Perhaps we didn't actually stand up. Perhaps we just well, I don't think you could have stood up at all. I think the, the ability to use GPS is, is, is um, fantastic. Mm. You know, what are you going to say? No, you can't use GPS because you might, you know, it's like banning well, television because it might corrupt the youth. Well, no, but interestingly enough, in the article, they were suggesting that uh, using GPS should only be allowed by registered organisations, <laughs> which, you know, this is back in 2003, and now we go, oh, that's crazy, right? But, that does sound quite bureaucratic and um, Orwellian. Sure, totally. But would, have that be, would that have been better? Would we have been in the mess we are now? No, it would be far worse off. Yeah. Possibly. How would I know what times to beat on my Strava? Yeah, good point. Well, maybe, maybe, yeah. But then, but then Strava wouldn't be able to release, you know, the location of secret military bases, right? Well, Strava didn't release that. People, well, you know what I mean, right? People on secret military bases were Stravaing. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but you know, isn't that the point again? Right? Well, no, you know, that's not the. point. This is where location is special. Yeah. I don't care that um, you know some, uh, you know, GI, uh, you know, is his marital status or her marital status. But location suddenly makes it more <laughs> more important, right? Sure. Um, so this is this is, but this is the key to the pit. Perhaps special is special in this regard. No, I, I well, it's special. As I said, I think it's special because it's a different way of looking at the data, just mm -hmm. like um, biometrics and um, AI and you know that sort of BI type thing. Mm -hmm. um, but this is just what's going to happen. You invent a technology. And people use it, and they use it for, they use it for profit, basically. Just like this podcast, right? Uh, yeah, this is a long-term investment, <laughs> <laughs> which is costing um, way more than we're getting out of it. But well, it won't once we get those DJI drones. Yeah, true. But yeah, so basically, we'll post some links, but have a think, have a chat with your um, your workmates about geo slavery. Um, see if you can explain it better than we did. <laughs> I think it's a really interesting concept, and, and actually, it's one of these things I think I'm going to keep on coming back to. Yeah. And you know, you know, uh, the, the geoslavery and the kind of the geospatial justice, um, because uh, I think it is actually quite a—it's quite a special concept. 
Yes. Yeah. It, yeah. it is. Um, but on that on that bombshell. <laughs> well, let us know what you think, right? You know, we'd uh, we'd love to hear from you as ever. Yeah. Um, if you have been a victim of uh, geoslavery, uh, let us know. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't laugh. <laughs> That's really someone could actually be a victim of geoslavery, and true, <clears throat> and that wouldn't be a good thing. Uh, but anyway, moving on. What is a good thing, Chris? Is another part of the podcast. This is so smooth, Mark. It's unbelievable. Uh, uh, it's uh, it's export to shapefile, Mark. The uh, yes. the game that everybody loves and nobody understands. That's right. Export to shapefile. Export to shapefile, where we navigate the ArcGIS toolbox, trying to box one another into the corner, not just box and hit each other, but navigate like chess, like checkers, like Monopoly, like fencing. I like fencing as a anyway. <laughs> it's a mental game, like right? cricket, like cricket. Yeah, like a five-dayer. Oh, yeah. Did you what? Anyway. <laughs> yes. How can five days of cricket be so exciting, they say, when one and a half days was rained off? <laughs> it was exciting. Anyway. anyway okay. All right. <coughs> um, <coughs> right. Export to Shefo, you start. Okay. Getting into the mood, getting into the mood, concentrating, focusing. Um, okay. Well, I'm going to start with a pretty attacking move. A few 3D analyst. Add surface information, Mark. Boom. Okay. Um, well, it's kind of innocuous. I'm going to go for a different tool set. I'm going to continue the analyst, analysis front and go create normal raster using the spatial analysis tool set. That's, that's uh, a nice little counter there, Mark. Um, Hmm. But I'm going to continue on the attack. Nice little left hook here with the uh, remove terrain pyramid level. Remove terrain pyramid level. Okay. Uh, I'll keep it basic because I know that's the way you like it. Flip line from the editing tool set. Ooh. Um, cool tool, that, isn't it? Um, Union. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, you're so old school. Coverage tool set. <laughs> hey, yeah, fair enough, actually. <laughs> Alright, going for a modern tool set. Points to line data management. I'll see your data management with uh, Create Geometric Network. That's a little bit of a Hail Mary pass there, Chris. A little bit desperate. I'll play it straight and uh, delete feature with data management. Make query table, Mark. Uh, add join. <laughs> Ooh, uh, transpose fields. I'm running out of space, Mark. Transpose fields. Okay, how about what you didn't want to hear? A 3D analyst surface slope. Ooh. Well. I mean, it's a, it's a throw it in together and see whether this works, Mark. Uh, band, band collection statistics. Uh, oh, that is, that, that is a hope. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, 
just to put the boot in, um, yeah. edit tin. Take it back old school, 3D analyst. Yeah, well played, Mark. Well played. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to export shapefile on that one. Yeah, I think with the. Um, thank you. Good game. No, no, it was, that, was, that was quick. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was quick. Um, yeah, I've been able to play in the data management toolbox for around three moves. Yeah, well, that was uh, that was Red and Slam, wasn't it? Yeah, it built a solid foundation. Mm. It, uh, yeah, trapped you like a sp- fly in a spider's web. <laughs> Nice analogy, Mark. Kind of. Yeah, kind of. Anyway, that's, uh, that's, that's that the is thing, to so. Shapefile. Now, if you'd like to play either one of us in Export to Shapefile, uh, feel free to challenge us. And as you can see, it's, it's not that hard to beat either of us. Well, <laughs> me in particular on that game. Well, yeah, if you listen back to the Joseph podcast. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, that was a good podcast, Chris. Again, we, we talk about this. We say this afterwards when people can't hear how excited we are about our own brilliance. Right. <laughs> um, next week, more more news, more views. Yeah. Hopefully an interview. Well, not next week, week afterwards. Week after, next podcast. Next podcast. Get used yeah. to it. Yeah. So get in touch with us. Read our um, geodorable.com webpage. And uh, uh, recommend us to all your friends and especially those people who have DGIs. Yes. (laughs) We'll see you next time. Cheers.